tonight, Mark Bosnich has one minute to sum up the glory of Leicester and his old coach, Claudio Ranieri. Time starts now, Boz. The raging bull, Gordon Tallis, takes a charge at Adam Blair's chicken wing. Has time run out for the shot clock? Eddie Maguire threatens to call time at Collingwood. 23, worth $10 million. How could you not love Bernard Tomic? We'll count the ways. And back from the IPL, Aussie cricket captain Steve Smith is a special guest. Forget the cheap seats, this is the Backpage Live. Wanted to run around in the baggy green. Want to be on TV shows like this where we can have a laugh. Never ever give up. They think women are strong enough, but we just be the world. Their senses are gold. I got pushed in the back of the head regularly. It's just unfortunate it was from a coach. Hey everybody, welcome. Uh, what a lineup we've got for you tonight. Great stuff to talk about and great people to do the yapping for you. Hello to Kelly Underwood and Robert Craddock. Welcome both of you. And on this side, so happy to be joined by Jules Schiller alongside Mark Bosnich. Wise, how are you? Good, your minute's up. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> you were dying to get that. You were dying to get Copious we, we will look, we'll start there. Uh, all that was left, obviously, for Leicester City to do was party with the EPL title already there as the players arrived at their home ground, put their beers on the sideline and promptly thumped Everton 3-1, Boz. Uh, absolutely outstanding achievement. Look, I was going through Crash, actually, the greatest upset in sporting history. So Buster Douglas beating Mike Tyson, maybe Goran Ivanisevic on a wild card beating Pat Rafter, John Daly winning in 1991 USPGA on a wild card. But this story, for me, compares with absolutely anything. Forget about the odds. Yes, they were 5,000 to 1 at the start of the season, but the fact that they were actually bottom of the table this time last season, and they only in the third tier of English football in 2008-2009, in the championship, which is the second tier of English football in 2014, is just an unbelievable story. And, and something as well, I know you're going to laugh at me, mm -hmm. but it just goes to show, with promotion and relegation, these dreams can happen. Couldn't yeah, happen. Yes. And it was great to see the Vardy Gras, as people are calling it on the street. Vardy Gras. First championship uh, in 132 years for Leicester, First which ever. incidentally is how long the Logies felt on Sunday night. <laughs> <laughs> If you were watching. It won't happen again, though. There, and they're, they're, I'd give them 10,000 to 1 for next season. We don't know, do you? 10,000. You know, and this is what I think the great, the great thing is of, of this whole situation is that it's woken everybody up in terms of the fact that dreams can happen. Forget about just in sport, but in life in general. You know, this goes to show if you do things right and you believe and, and things are going your way, that they can happen. I completely agree with yeah. that. I mean, yeah. it's why we sit here every Tuesday night, because we love telling the good stories. Mm. And sport can have such a positive effect yeah. on people's lives. Sport is unscripted drama, and that was it at its very best. That's and, why we love it. Oh, exactly, Kel. And odds aren't everything, but when they're 5,000 to 1 and finding Elvis is 4,000. <laughs> 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 but seriously, that puts it in perspective. Well, yeah. Does. All right, does. naturally, of course, the Leicester crowd, they deserve some pre-game entertainment. Uh, they got it, not as good as Cold Chisel, but pretty good. Have a look at Andrea Vitellian. On 
Andrea. Wow. It's Oh, no. It's like it's like no Claudio Ranieri, of course, you did play. Yes, he manager. was my last manager in England at Chelsea. Um, look, he's a very nice man. There's, obviously, there's differences between a man then and a man, uh, what, t 10 or so years later, or even more, 12 years later. Uh, he used to struggle a little bit with English back then. Um, and he also had all his backroom staff. He insisted on that last time at Chelsea. This time when he went to Leicester, they said, no, you can only bring one person. So I don't know if that had a little bit of an effect because he used to be known crash as the tinker man at Chelsea mm. because he used to make so many changes. And that's gone from that to a team at Leicester who had made the least amount of changes in the whole of the it's Premier League. So he's gone from the tinker man to the thinker man. Boys, what about wow. the little things? Mm. Oh, here he is now. There he is. Of course, the train. Look, the champagne. Yes. The, the players obviously love him. Oh, 100%. Like I said, he is a very nice man. In fact, one of the doubts that a lot of people had when he was given the job was um, how he would deal with the dressing room characters. Now, one of the great advantages, and I spoke to you before this uh, about that crash, was the fact that in this dressing room was a whole bunch of journeymen, a lot of people who had been rejected from other clubs, and they would have seen him as some type of messiah king, somebody who's been at such big clubs throughout his career. And he engendered... And he really latched onto that team spirit to sort of make them all feel as though, you know, we've all been left out, we've all been left behind. Let's show everybody what we can do. And they did do that. And remember, he had the grease job, literally, I think it was four or five months before. Like the John the... Travolta roller. Yeah. <laughs> And they lost the Faroe Islands. I know. Yeah. All right, and he got sacked from Greece. And and for him to come and achieve this, it's a wonderful story. What about congratulations the pizza, to him. Yeah, I read that during the week as well. Wasn't it great that how do you get a clean sheet? I bribed them with pizzas. Pizza. Yeah. So what did he do, boss? He oh, at the start of the season, they were winning games, but they were conceding a lot of goals. They hadn't kept a clean sheet. They hadn't had one game when they had zero next to the name. So he said, look, if you do that, um, I'll take you for a pizza. So they did that against Crystal Palace. They won one nil. So he took them down to the pizza store, but instead of them sitting down at the table and saying, OK, well, I'll order this, he said, no, 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 you've got to come in the kitchen and actually cook the pizza yourself. Now, I, I thought that was really good. Now, I thought it was really good at Leicester players was a lot of players, probably including myself, if a manager had said that to a lot of us, we would have said, no, you go and do the pizza. We're staying here. We're ordering it. So that type of thing, they all bought into that. And that was so important that they had the results and everybody buying into that. But it's a wonderful achievement. So they'd won, obviously, before they played their final games. They were looking good, though, from their first training session as actually champions. So good that Vardy and uh, Marcin Vasiliski, look at this, they've nutmegged the team photographer with the water bottle three times without him even knowing it. They're going through it And one more time. <laughs> just, just absolutely brilliant skills. I love it. Well done. All right. At the other end of the table, Aston Villa, another club that's oh. played with, lost the relegation battle and will disappear from the Premier League. Fans were quite sophisticated in protest. Uh, the inflatable special friend. <laughs> what? And balloons. Blink, this is in the 74th it? minute they were established in, what, 1874, Bosnia, yeah. Aston Villa. I had never been relegated from the Premier League. The Premier League came about in 1992-93. They had been relegated from the old First Division, but it's a very big club. They've won the European Cup have regular crowds of 40,000, um, and it's just been sad their decline. Since Randy Lerner's new owner from America has taken over, at the beginning he was enthralled by the whole thing about the Premier League. You know, he got a tattoo on his leg about Aston Villa and all that. But the last three or four seasons, they've always threatened to go down. Unfortunately, it's happened for them. And unfortunately, it's happened when the TV deal is going to kick in next year, which is the most money that any clubs have ever got in footballing history. So that's right. a really sad story. All right, no protest, just celebrations as German club RB Leipzig uh, won their way into the Bundesliga. Uh, it's Germany. Uh, winning means dumping jugs of beer on the coach. Uh, now, Ralph Rangnick, uh, he, look, he doesn't <laughs> oh, get away. Oh, 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 that's a bad Look at that. He's even oh.
it's not staging. It's real. <laughs> right up the top of that. Stretch. you're a hearty bunch, boss. <laughs> so good. All right, look, we've seen before how being a football manager can be a dangerous occupation just like that. Look at this one. This manager, look, he manages to rip his arm out of the sock <laughs> on the sideline, uh, pops his shoulder. Oh. <laughs> just a celebration, shoulder pop. Uh, Roberto Mensi, look at that. Oh. In the line of fire on the sideline. Bang, down I go. Love it. Now, this next manager goes from anger, have a kick. Oh, this is Finland won the World Hockey Championship. Maybe a few too many on the flight home. The system there. I love it. This is an oldie bit of goodie. Uh, beware of the coffee, the hot coffee. Don't be wasted on No. A couple of great sprays in the NRL and, of course, the AFL this week. And get to Gordy Tallis's in one second. Let's start, though, with Tony Cochran's passionate defence of his Gold Coast sons after the legendary Lee Matthews said that South East Queensland wasn't big enough for two teams. This is rugby league heartland. This is an, a natural AFL market. You know, we're not... Geelong or somebody who's been around for 150 years, we've been around for five, six years. It's going to take 20 to 25 years, in my humble opinion. Not that there's too much humble about my opinion. I don't sit in Lee Matthews' mind. He doesn't sit in my mind, thank God. What's not helpful is snide remarks like the remark of last night. He had a crack in defence of his team, didn't he? He did, and uh, they're a little sensitive at the moment. The Suns, aren't they? Look, Lee Matthews is a legend of the game, and yep. he's entitled to his opinion, and he doesn't need to ring up the chairman of the Suns to say, look, I'm just going to put this out there publicly. He can say what he wants, and, you know, he's well within his rights to say he believes there's only um, one team that should be in Queensland because he's lived and breathed it more, more than anyone. Having said that, I, I think the Suns need to forget looking outside and maybe look inside and get their house in order because... Yeah. They have massive cultural problems at the moment. And as we know in sport, when you're trying yeah. to change the culture, they changed the new coach a year ago yeah. with Rodney Eid, these things take time. Oh, I can, Kel. And look, Matthews essentially is right. I mean, the Lions have done nothing for basically a decade since they were stripped of all those allowances they had. And they need, you know, you can put two teams there and if you're happy for them to finish 12th and 14th, they can stay there. But if you want them to grow, it's they, they're really struggling, both mm. those clubs. They're waiting for the Gold Coast to grow to a city of about 1.5 million in about 10 years. Then they'll probably get there. But it's heavy. I'm glad they raised this. Lee's got no apology at all for it because he's been saying it for seven mm. years. Mm. The game needs to have this discussion, Jules. Yeah, but, yeah. you know, sport goes to die on the Gold Coast. I mean, every sport, yeah. unless you can make schoolies a team sport, <laughs> it's not <laughs> going well. You'd have better luck finding MH370 than a Gold Coast Suns oh. fans a lot of the time. <laughs> um, it's, ju it's just not thriving, don't you no, think? No. I mean, it's well, the problem with win. the whole region. It's and not that, just AFL. But you need to win because you're trying to attract new fans, aren't you? And winning's everything. And when the, the fact that they're not and they're really struggling. It's hurting them. It will hurt some, but they do get a little bit nasty. Well, certainly one fan did. I may have been in a corporate box, uh, a little too fired up, but he had a crack. And Gary Ablett, senior figure there, obviously wasn't happy. I think there's kids around, there's abusive language. Clearly, they're venting their spleen. Uh, he's every right to do that, though. Yeah, and it's um, they're not great scenes to watch, are they? And uh, Crash, I mean, we, we talk about Gary Ablett and where he's at in his career. He's had the most phenomenal career, but injuries suddenly are starting to take their toll. 
And, and it just makes you wonder, I, I, I think of Gary Ablett and I think of Buddy Franklin, both decided halfway through their career to, to switch clubs, controversially. And we'll look back and judge them at the end of their career. But I wonder whether we'll ask the question whether Gary Ablett has, in a sense, um, what's the word I'm after? Wasted? Waste, so. Wasted yeah. at the second half of his career, in a sense. He's won a, he's won a Brownlow. He's well, played some of the best yeah. footy that we've seen and he, and yeah. he has been injured. Well, however bad they are, they would have been positively dreadful without him. So, so there is that. He's the most interesting athlete in Australia at the moment for mine because of where he is. What's he got left in the tank? And, I mean, I'm talking to the boys who are dealing with Gary every day and they say he's a different guy this yeah. year. He's outwardly, he's chatty, he's really good, but they're asking themselves, has the furnace burnt out? Mm. The, the real drive that made him what he was, and he'll never, perhaps never be what he was. Yeah, yeah. have we seen the best of him? Yeah. Maybe right. we have. We're going to get to more AFL and Eddie Maguire and the shot clock uh, very shortly. The thing I love about Gordon Tallis uh, is he keeps making the big hits even years after he retired from the game. He's lined up Adam Blair with a massive shot after the Kiwi International. Chicken-winged his Broncos teammate, Sam Thiday. I think he's one of the dirtiest players on the field and he means to do it. He hits blokes in the back playing that and if I was playing against him, because the referees don't take matters in my own hands, I would have as a player. You know, that was a long time ago. I don't know how Wayne Bennett keeps on letting it go because he's to chastise all of his players for doing that. Man. We always wanted to play within the rules. Play tough, play fair. It's a man's game. It is a tough game. It's tough enough without getting hit in the back and twisted and all that. And I think that um, I get disappointed that he wears the Broncos jersey and plays like that. Mm. Just talking to God, he's a man's game. I love it. But I think he has a, a point. Adam, he has a, he has that a very, was ugly stuff. Very, very valid point, and especially the fact that it's a teammate. I, I really don't understand. It is, it's one of the toughest games, if not the toughest game in the world. Let's be brutally honest about rugby yeah. league. They don't have the padding that they have in the NFL, and you can yeah. understand. But you, there's so much chances of getting injured just through normal hits, then you have to put up with things like that. Where is the care for your fellow professional? You know, you, you're part of the union, you have your fellow professionals. I would never want it to have on my conscience that I'd actually ruin someone's career through something like that, and especially the fact that it's a teammate as yeah. well. It's like, yeah, well, he's playing for New Zealand against Australia, okay, so I can understand his teammate. Damage, it's illegal. It's his teammate. I don't understand that, yeah, really. He, he cops a week, one week. Yeah. I tell you what I didn't agree with, though, like Wayne Bennett would be horrified. That's what he was brought to the Broncos for, not that sort of tactic, but mm. as the real muscle man. Yeah. About 30 years ago, Wayne Bennett coached a team in Brisbane in his first big grand final. They got flogged. They had soft forwards at mm. South. And ever since then, he's made himself a promise that wherever he goes, mm. he wants this hard yeah. son of a Both so-and-so. Scott, Jeremy Smith. But yeah, crash, crash, right. being, exactly. Being, and yeah, and yeah. this bloke's exactly yeah, you're right. right. But there's right. being hard... And then it's putting people's yeah. careers at risk. Yeah. Okay, right. there's, a, there's a line. Was, just very quickly, some people thought that that legitimised the contest of the test, that it showed it like the Mick Cronin sort of old-fashioned duster. it should have happened earlier in the game, maybe, then. And then yeah. it would have lit it up a bit. The best contest, though, sadly, from that Anzac test came off the field. Uh, Coach Mel Meninga and commentator Phil Gould, they traded opinions on the makeup of the Aussie side. Well, I've got to say, with, you know, 11 minutes to go, if this is the best that this Australian combination can produce... And they're kidding themselves if they think they're going to win the World Cup next year. You know, that's what Test Match footy is, and people people who haven't played Test Match footy don't quite understand that. You know, it's, it's rugged, it's f physical. Phil hasn't played Test Match footy before, you know. I mean, he's a great judge of the game, um, and it disappoints me that someone of his ilk would say that. The old, you've never played the game live. It's oh, good, no, isn't, isn't it? Haven't we heard that a few times <laughs> over the years? Oh, probably only about 2,000. <laughs> but but, but his, Gould's point was, 
like, that team reminded me a little bit of the Australian cricket team last year in England. Yeah. They had every right to be there, 100%. But it, you know, the worry is they'll fall off the cliff together. But I've got to say this, there's not no real depth in Australian rugby league. Like, we had a guy, Brett Kenny, sitting there last week who kept the great Wally Lewis out of the team because they had so much depth. It just ain't there at the moment. I don't like that. It was like a boring spectacle as well. It was, it was real back-of-your-seat stuff. I don't think my <laughs> resting heart rate has ever been so low. I think men were cured of cardiac conditions just watching it. Jules, wasn't there a part of you, though, that loves the old traditional, real hard yeah, song? Yeah, but it was, it was a boring spectacle. Like, it wasn't great, you know, for, for an international... They'd been beaten the previous times by New Zealand. Three they times. had to win. It was mm. Mal's first game. He picked the right team to do the job. He did the job. Exactly right. You're 100% right. All right, no doubt the, uh, the best test match, uh, though, was between Samoa and Tonga, which was played in the spirit of I love you and respect you, but now I want to kill you. Uh, like this between Solomon uh, Carter and Kirisam Ava'a. Look, they get the knee in the head, which is good, and have to little throw the ball. Fight, fight, punch. Boy, can't punch, obviously, anymore, but just do the swinging. Everybody's in. And then, the great thing is the, wh the whistleblowers that come over Love you, mate. Yeah, love you, mate. <laughs> Went That's back so and started over again, Kill. Straight back into each other. Oh, I don't understand that. <laughs> and what you love about it, one of those, Tonga got paid $500 a man for that test, mm -hmm. and Samoa, zero. But the passion was there. Mm -hmm. I mean, that was a good night for test football. Yeah. Mitchell Pearce is said to be wary of re entering the Origin cauldron so soon after his return to the game from his Australia Day problems. He does get unfairly criticised, doesn't he, Crash, by everyone uh, once he's in a blue jersey. And it's not just Queensland. New South Wales gets into him because he hasn't got a great record, yet even, even when he got, plays good footy. It's just that damn-busting statistic that he's played 15 games and never won a series. Yep. So You love wheeling that out, don't you? Oh, I've only just the seven times this year. <laughs> <laughs> There'd be quite a few of his teammates with the same stuff. Yeah, yeah it, th there is. It's a, such a difficult call, it really is. I reckon the way to handle it is for him not to announce that he's retiring from rep football or standing down this year because then he can't play for the Roosters. Yep. He's just got to say to Laurie Daly, mate, I'm struggling a bit. And Laurie, being the guy he is and a great coach, you just say, mate, we're just not going to pick you. And then he can go back to the Roosters. But it's a, not a we, we joke about it. It's a very serious yeah. issue. I agree. I think it's exactly the path that he, he will go down. Unless they look like beating Queensland, then he'll jump on board. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that's an interesting point. Is if it? he was a Queenslander, like in Jonathan Thurston's shoes, and mm. you could see a series win coming up, would you jump in with him? I think he would, don't yep. you? Yeah, probably. Yeah. All right, Sam Burgess will cop a fine and demerit points after using his phone while driving to record wife Phoebe car karaokeing to Kaysan. He's learned his lesson. He'll never wear reflective sunglasses again, which is how he got caught out. Have a look. Uh, made a mistake and obviously now I'll pay the fine and uh, get the points. But it's a mistake and something I learned from and hopefully other people can learn from. Um, yeah, I just, just wasn't thinking clearly. Um, I'll move on from it now and uh, look forward to the game this weekend. Damn okay, reflective we're, sunglasses. We're not asking the right question. It's not whether we put other drivers at risk, it's how many likes did the post get? And I get over 50,000 likes. <laughs> yeah, absolutely right. OK, we'll forgive him, uh, move on. If uh, Adam Blair chicken-winged his teammate, uh, what about CSC Avave's cruel attack on teammate Nate Miles? We've got a fair forward pack ourselves, you know, like Marty, <laughs> Big Nate, him and his big head. But, yeah, so, like, we, we're, we're actually pretty good, you know, like... How big is Nate's head? Have you ever been to one of them, like, uh, them circus mirrors? You muck around, you just put your head down and the head expands. Nah, he's, he's actually got a weird head, but it's all right. It's like a light bulb, but he's pretty cool. He's, pretty, he's the man anyway. 
Who was the journo who asked, how big is that? <laughs> <laughs> this is not a good subject for me. Okay, well, uh, the Bozo's head's up there, so I'm not getting involved in this one. Yeah, that's not there. Snapchat filter. Uh, yeah. Mark Baduka and I, we used to have competitions, so it's not a good subject with, for problems me. Problems with hats? Can you get No, hats? not at all. <laughs> also, there's nothing wrong with your hair. Thanks, I appreciate it. Did you hear that, time? Yeah, I, I did. I did. All right, to other big scary blokes, uh, David Ortiz has gone to second on the all-time home run list for the Boston Red Sox. He's still number one in giving umpires a spray. Have a look at this. He comes out. He's not a happy man. Not happy at all. You talk about passion. Um, <laughs> the umpire stands his ground beautifully. He does. does not move at all. Just goes severe. See, he has a history. He's a designated hitter, Ortiz, and he can choose whatever he wants to hit. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> he does have some He's lost anger it completely, huh? issues. Still is a great, a great baseball player. Oh! Wow. Look at his wow. teammate. Everything <laughs> <laughs> all right? Yeah. <laughs> Team yeah. AFL again, and I think people have been forgetting the real victim in the Collingwood demise. Eddie Maguire. The president was devastated after the loss to Carlton, so much so he contemplated walking away. Here he is on his, on his Triple M breakfast show. You question yourself. You go, right, you've done this for 18 years. Can you go through it again? Have you got any more ideas? And I look at myself, Das, and I go, a lot of the, a lot of the things that I brought to, to Collingwood when I first came in have been taken away from me now with equalisation. I don't know if I can impact on the club the way I question myself. Questions himself and also the AFL with equalisation, although Hawthorne had been coping with it OK. <laughs> yeah. What do you make of it? Oh, maybe just taking the heat off his coach, yeah. Nathan Buckley, for 24 hours or so. Look, um, Collingwood fans, I guess, have, have been patient. They've been full of optimism and they are well within their rights to feel let down with what's happening at the moment. And we spoke about here a couple of weeks ago, Crash, about the slide that they've been on when Nathan Buckley took over. They were fourth, then they went eighth then 11th and 12th and just the two wins this year. I think, I look back three years ago, Nathan Buckley made a conscious decision to change the culture at the club and he got rid of a lot of, what do we call them? Deadwood. Troublemakers, <laughs> troublemakers <laughs> in a sense. Heath Shaw went to the Giants, he's playing career best football. Mm. He got rid of um, Jolly, there was Didac, there was a whole list of them because he wanted to bring in young, good citizens. And it's all very well to have young, good citizens, but are they playing for him at the moment? There is no spirit. Yep. He wanted to bring in a culture, but has he got a winning culture? At the moment, he doesn't. Gee, I reckon that, that you, you've got it. They don't play for him, do they? Mm. You, you can just tell. And, he, and he's so perfect. Last night on, on the television, I saw him defend himself mm. magnificently, so eloquently, but they just don't fire up for him, Kelly. You can see it from a mile away. Mm. I just... Uh, Collingwood... The, in Melbourne, people, I reckon, are too close to it. From a long way away, I see a club that's stale and really in decline. Mm -hmm. yeah. They look terrible. Yeah, they're rock and bottom. Kelly, I wanted to ask you, arguably the biggest club in AFL. Absolutely. Oh, so, you know, why isn't, like, a ridiculous amounts of pressure coming on, on the manager? I mean, you know, why is Eddie Maguire talking? Like, he should be turning around saying, I'm considering actually changing the direction that we go. Well, and Eddie's used to dealing in hot seats, as we know. So, <laughs> get Nathan in there. It's a great point, Bozza. And, I mean, there have been rumblings mm. and they're getting louder and it's getting deafening. So mm. I can't imagine that Nathan... I think Nathan Buckley will coach out the season, mm. but whether he's there next year, put it this way, if his name was John Smith, he wouldn't be coaching Collingwood right now.
Just yeah. point out, Darren Jolly, of course, was the Swans Premiership player. He's a very good citizen. Sydney Swans young gun <laughs> Isaac Heaney wouldn't have made Eddie feel any better, though, with his performance at the weekend. He's from the Swans Academy, of course, which makes him the devil's spawn, I think, Kel, doesn't it? <laughs> uh, he's still banging on about that. Gee, he's a good young kid, isn't he? And he is, has, for Isaac, and, and it probably sits uncomfortably for him, he's been the face of these controversial academies. The yep. AFL should be falling over themselves yeah. with this boy because he is from Newcastle, born and bred. He's all about what the academy Academies are. This is about making AFL dominate and be number one Australia-wide. This is a kid that played soccer when he was a junior, boss, and he scored 68 goals in 12 games. Wow. He played cricket and his batting average was 216. And in a junior NRL uh, grand final, he scored five tries. Mm. But he picked AFL. Mm. Where are these academies? Yeah. I think it's like the Pons Institute. You kind of hear it all the time. <laughs> I just see, like, Tony Lockett in a lab coat sort of somewhere and people throwing their mortarboards. Where, where are they? <laughs> <laughs> about athlete, prop athlete. Uh, Buddy Franklin remains one of the, the most charismatic uh, performers on the field in any code, I reckon. Now, mm. the long bomb, I think, was probably the best of his six at the weekend. Look at this. Oh. 60, around 60 uh, metres, bang, straight through. He is just looking... They have, they've robbed him of a, almost a metre here. They reckon it's 59 point something. It's great to watch. Yeah, playing, great. Uh, playing Essendon is like turning up your school formal with Clive Palmer. You're always going to look good. <laughs> <laughs> you know, we were, we're all over Collingwood when they beat Essendon. <laughs> <laughs> he's play, I mean, poor Essendon fans. It's a VFL team, really, isn't it? Can yeah. he kick 100 goals this year? He's got 29. We're a third of the way through. Yeah, yeah, I, I reckon he can. 2008, yeah. he was the last person to do yeah. it here for Hawthorne. Yeah. I reckon he Tones, can absolutely Your do swans it. can't do anything until the grand final, can yeah. they? Really? I mean, that, the memory of that horrible collapse a couple of years ago. They, 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 yes. they could be preliminary finalists and get a foul. Yeah. No, yeah. Yeah. The year Don't before they won against Hawthorne. Yeah, but, yeah. but yeah. that's still the last memory, You're mate. so you, predictable, you, buddy. Just, buddy. Just, I know you missed the goal, Logie, but no. that's fine. You <laughs> 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 also missed the nomination for the goal, We've got Bob's here, another Hawks fan. We're not talking about the potential forgasm. Well, my not the forgasm. I the Don't think too early. All right. See a much more interesting way. I love this. This is, uh, if you don't like Buddy, you actually just go down trousers. This is the bloke at the SCG. Oh, See him there? But he must be just looking at himself on the big screen. Well, that's I another think... way of giving your opinion, isn't it? <laughs> <laughs> in lunar terms, I think you call that a waxed crescent. I think that's what we saw. <laughs> <laughs> Running down the clock at the end of a game is an age-old trick. Trouble is, it was so blatant as Kangaroo Mason would stalled his way through the 30-second shot clock. Some believe it ruined a very tight contest. I mean, the fact that he played some Sudoku during it. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> it was on Tinder yeah, one point. Exactly. Well, great composure. A young player to be able to uh, just sure, sense well, the not occasion and know. Would they not consider, like, obviously, when you take a mark then for the clock to stop or we just make the game go too long? To make the to that's, make what, it that's when the clock starts. Just, do you, the 30 30 second, you've got 30 seconds. You want to have 30 seconds, but we're not just consider. Okay, you've taken a mark and you're gonna, you've decided to shoot for goal. We're going to stop the clock. They would completely. They wouldn't what? do that. And no. then take as long as you want. It, it was well, built, well, brought in to, to speed up the game. The game Sadly, right. of yeah. course, when people could see, only at Eddie had an MCG. The only place right there. Yeah, so it's a gimmick, it's, right? Yeah. It's, not, it's not a rule. It's it's a gimmick that's been yeah. brought in, and I don't mind it. I think it works. I thought what he did was good. But they've put it to the fans to it say, if well, you don't like I, it, we can get rid of it. I think they're going to take the countdown clock away from the players and put it under Nathan Buckley and Damien Hardwick. And just have countdown. <laughs> <laughs> That's uh, cruel. Let's hope. He claims that the Bulldogs got, got a favourable go with free kicks against Adelaide. Obviously, there was no special love between the umpires and the doggies. I didn't see any on display at all. Uh, that looked like a terrific mark. The umpire comes in. Well done. Well done. Just and that's the umpire, yeah. Troy Parnell, that... Um, 
17 free kicks to one, and he's given Jake Stringer a little pat on the backside there. Oh. 17 to one mm. in favour of the Bulldogs. Stat, they're very wow. disciplined side, the Bulldogs. They've had it too good for too long, the Bulldogs, you know, with their wealthy fans and rubbing our faces in their 1954 <laughs> premiership. You know, it's about time a club like Hawks got a break from the Oh, you long-suffering <laughs> Hawthorne fans. Still to come, Steve Smith joins us, Bernard Tomic and Nick Kyrgios embroiled in more controversy, and Steph Curry makes a sensational return to the Ooh. NBA final. Oh. Indeed, Nick Kyrgios showing how the Aussie young guns do it, hit the ball through their legs and talk through their ass. <laughs> we'll get to Nick <laughs> in, in a minute. First, uh, Bernard Tomic continues to depress a nation, retiring just eight minutes into his match in Rome, days after he tanked in his Madrid Masters loss. Kel, it just continues to be an ugly look, doesn't it? Here he's holding the racket oh, the wrong way around. Just when you think these boys have hit an all-time low and then you see this and... What was his reaction? That he said he's earning. Why, why would I care about match point? I'm 23 and worth $10 million. Yeah. Was his reaction. Bernie lives sad. in a bubble, doesn't he? He's got such a lack of awareness. I wonder what he'll think when he finishes his, his career and maybe the money runs out. But is, We're talking about the Olympics and, of course, there was response from Kitty Chiller, uh, the, uh, the chef de mission of the Olympics. You're going to cover the Olympics. Uh, do you think that... These are the types of characters she doesn't want in her team? Absolutely. And I spoke to her face-to-face -face about it. And they actually had, believe it or not, a no-dickheads clause put into their contract with Tennis Australia. It, it's dressed up as, you know, rep they want reputable characters in there. But they saw this coming. And it once again, to me, it's a sign of why tennis shouldn't be in the Olympics. But Kitty Chula is no-nonsense. She reminds me, actually, a little bit of yourself, Kel. Oh. She'll, She'll have a bit of a laugh, but when she's serious, she's got that. She is dead set. She has spent two years touring Australia holding seminars about to athletes about how to behave and saying behaviour at this game is more important than medals. How could she possibly choose them? In all honesty, I'd actually, if they did go, I'd love to see them sit down next to these battlers that are... We're interviewing kids, Tony, that are doing four jobs to get there yeah. and would walk over broken glass. In January, Nick Kyrgios comes out the straight open and goes... Um, what month's the Olympics again? Like, well, people have had a gutful of them. They so have had a gutful yeah, of so them. If I'm, so if I'm Kitty Chiller then, I would... Why, why not? Why wouldn't you say, you know what, behaviour like that is unacceptable, but you are an individual athlete travelling the world, so you do what you want. But when you're representing this country mm -hmm. at the Olympics, yeah. that is completely against all, everything the Olympics stands for. So we're picking James Duckworth and we're picking John Millman to go. Kill, because what about they they would happen, absolutely yeah, love yeah. it. Don't they have to wait before Tennis Australia puts up who, who they think they're going to do? There, then, they then, do. Then they, they do. can say yes or no. I, I swear to you, in this interview I did with her, she was laughing at As soon as I mentioned the tennis players, her face hardened and I could tell... I think she's set to make a stance that would be applauded throughout Australia. Big call, though. Big call. But do people really care who wins the gold at the Olympic Games in tennis, Jules? No. I mean, you know, the tennis players don't particularly care about it. It's, it's a bit like golf, isn't it, really? But what, what about Thanasi Kokonakis? Why not 
Oh, no, pick we him. Have, I mean, we've had him on the show. He's doing very well. He's a, he's a great guy. Give him the opportunity. Injury, had a pick the off. cock, not a cock, which is <laughs> where we're going at the moment with Bernard Tommy. We had Pat Rafter up on stage a week ago in Brisbane, mm. and he said, Kokonakis, model professional, yeah. outstanding. We mentioned Tomek, prior Pat went like this, and he, and he was told these stories about trying to get through to him as Davis Cup captain. And, and, and Tomek, in the middle of a game, sort of said, I'd rather be anywhere in the world but here. I mean... Gosh, you know, what yeah, chance yeah, you got? Crash, right. Are, are you guys showing just... him too much attention? Like, don't you think that that was a cry out to say, basically, leave me alone? Fair enough. Why don't you, like, you guys, the main writers, people in sport in terms of the press people, why don't you just leave them alone? Just no. ignore them. Fair point. Honestly, just ignore them. They obviously want to be left alone. You They're not they, in the top. No, 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 no. no, no. The attention. We're ignoring them. <laughs> Bernard, Nick, we're ignoring you. <laughs> Can we get back to when tennis was fun now? Like, it still seems to be for Gail Monfils. Uh, he's just playing some doubles here. Does the serve. Here comes the... Oh, smash. Wow. That's Daria Kavralova. At the net. That he jumped over? Yeah. Ah, over, over. That's the Aussie Daria Kavralova. Oh, wow. She's five foot five. You've got to admire people who never stop running, like Ida Keeling, who's 100 years old and cracked the 1 minute 17 mark for the 100 metre dash into the arms of her daughter. Beautiful. That's new world record for Centurions. Then, then went on to show some moves. Wow. So it's not just the running. Uh, the push-up is good. And then she does another terrific move here. When just... Oh. She's got it all. Well, I think Crash was saying earlier that she reminded him of me as well. So, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. uh, which brings us swiftly to our top five favourite senior moments. Love this. That's five. Uh, look, we start with this ding-dong battle between two 95-year-olds. There's another record. Still not sure whether it was wind-assisted. Uh, <laughs> well played. At number four... Got to love Formula One boss uh, Bernie Eccleston just trying to avoid the media. Ah, look, I'm going inside, boys. Uh, yeah, you can stay where you are. And uh, no, I'll just. <laughs> <laughs> How did you get inside so quickly? Number three. I love. This is the golf volunteer. He turns his cart into something of a hazard. Uh, oh, off he goes. Oh, no, no. <laughs> <laughs> Number one better be Number good. Two, better be good. Uh, taking a daily walk through a rally car event obviously can be slightly hazardous. <laughs> now, where was I going? The shops, that's right. <laughs> I can't believe how close this actually is, that poor man. All right, number uh, one. It's better be good time. For her 80th birthday, Laverne Everett treated herself to a skydive. Very excited about it. Trouble was, as she was decided to get out, she thought, no, I'm not going. I'm not going. He insists that you are going. Out you come. It turns out she, she was right. She shouldn't have gone. Oh, 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 oh. oh no, it's funny now. Everything ends up okay, I should put it. First birthday was an absolute treat. <laughs> wow. You were burning out old nappy. <laughs> and the bloke trying to hold her as well. Oh, uh, oh, this, I've got a slightly unfortunate segue now. I'll just take a breath. Sad story this week about former soccer's captain Lucas Neal, who's fallen on hard times financially. This is shocking, isn't it? Well, it is. Um, but I think a lot of people have also got to take in consideration there are a satellite of people 
um, definitely around footballers in England, um, young men, rich men, who are basically look at, at look as footballers as marks. Um, whether they send women into them, whether they come to them and they say, you know, we've got this investment, this, that and the other. So until we know the full facts behind the story, I think it's, it's very, very imprudent of us to start throwing stones. All I'll say this from a personal point of view is this. I've known Lucas since he's been a young kid. Uh, he came to my second marriage. Uh, he stayed at my house in Manchester uh, with his father. Uh, I helped him out of a situation in London as well. He's a good kid deep down. I know a lot of people out there will be saying, oh, you know, after what we've seen in the last couple of years and so forth. But the real Lucas that everybody knows who grew up with him and knew him really well is a good kid. I think he still has a lot to offer. I loved Lucas. Yeah, no, but there's a lot of... I think towards the end, uh, especially with the Australian team, how they went a little bit, I would say that 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 old Socceroos... Not the old Socceroos, the Socceroos side that did so well. When they went on to 2010, then the 2000... Just before 2014, they got a little bit out of control, a few of them. That was the general consensus of opinion amongst Australian football supporters and amongst Australian people in general... And, look, when things go well, the top players cop the brunt of the praise, and so they should. When they don't, you cop the brunt of the criticism. And, uh, and look, it's, it's another thing as well about having foreign coaches, because I think we had Pim Verbeek and we had Holger Osek, bless them both. Um, but when you come into a country, you don't really want to upset the established order. Look what happened to Mickey Arthur when he did that. And he just basically let a lot of those boys go and do what they want, and, and, and that's what happened. But I still think, like I said, in terms of having a lot to offer, should come back here and work on TV. But... Having been through some personal problems of myself, I know no matter who comes to you, no matter who it is, whether it's your father, whether it's Santa Claus, whoever it is, if they come to you at that time when you don't want to be known by anyone or you don't want to... Yep. And they say, well, we can help you, you just don't want to know. Have you tried to reach out to him? I have. I, I did about eight months ago, uh, rejected, and about three months ago. But recently as well, I've gone through a mutual friend. Um, but like coming back to the, to the horse, the water thing, it doesn't matter, Crash, you, you know, you... With the exception of basically physically apprehending someone, which you're not going to do, and saying, right, you're coming with me, yeah. uh, right, they will well, not want to be helped until they want to be helped. But well, I think we should, we should just hold fire. No, we, we, we should all... No, I'm talking about everyone and people that are watching should hold fire until we know the circumstances surrounding Absolutely. it. Absolutely. All right, Steph Curry has gone back-to-back -back as the NBA's MVP, a decision which shocked, well, nobody really, all on display today in his return from injury. He's dragged Golden State past Portland in extra time, just hitting... Basket after basket, three points. 17 points in overtime, which is a record never been done in the NBA before. He is single-handedly changing the game of basketball. Once upon a time, the highlights reel were all the slam dunks. Yeah. And now they're saying that fans actually get their 90 minutes before the game. They get into the stadium because they just want to watch Steph Curry warm up and mm. see how many shots he's nailing. He's, th he's brought three-pointers back. They're, it's they're changing trending. the shape. You're absolutely right. Three-pointers are no longer the thing. Just It's the go-to. Well, that's it. And the they're Cavs saying did the same thing. They record number of three-pointers. Yeah, the Cavs with 25 three-pointers in uh, in their final earlier in the, or the last 24 hours. This game was played. But it's been labelled Stephitis <laughs> in the US. And basically, in the schoolyard, no one's doing the Air Jordans and the dunks and the hang time anymore. All the kids in America just want to nail three after three after three. And he, I mean, he's changed basketball from such a physically big, you know, you had to be a big man to be good at it, to suddenly it's exquisite, it's mesmerising, it's beautiful. He, he's just a pure ball player. He is extraordinary. All right, it's easy to zone out in a press conference. Usually it happens to people behind the camera, but uh, <laughs> Golden State's Draymond Green gets lost somewhere here where... He doesn't know where he is. Uh, he's on the right you can see. Just looking. Just uh, where am I? What the hell is going on? Anybody going to ask me a question sometime? No, I'm just going to listen. Tell you what, I've uh, gone on dates with a lot of girls. <laughs>
<laughs> As I launch into an amusing anecdote. <laughs> <laughs> Just a thousand yards of death. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> All right, coming up, our very special guest back from the IPL, Aussie skipper Steve Smith joins us. Oh, wow. On the head, was it? No, oh, flipped away early. Punched. And it gets it high. Yes, bank maximum. Very first one of the night. Well, he's launched into this one, and that will be a yes, bank maximum. Pumped down the ground. And another six for Steve Smith. He's seen him before, and he's punished him before. Shot. Slower delivery. Picked. And smashed. Oh, wow. Obviously done that. Smashes it away, and it'll go off to the fence for four. It's 100. A maiden 2020 100 for Steve Smith. Great to watch, isn't it? Well, there may be an election looming for the second highest office in the land, Prime Minister, but the top job is in very safe hands. Welcome back, the Aussie cricket captain, Steve Smith. Welcome back to the country and back to the show. Thank you. Thanks for having me. Uh, let's get the, the hard news out of the way first. Uh, you came back with a little bit of a wrist injury. Now, I, we've just discovered that it was more of a handshaking <laughs> injury. What, what's happened? Uh, I've just got some bruised, I think it's called a bone edema in here. Mm -hmm. um, and it's, yeah, shaking hands is actually what hurts it the most. So, um, you know, I had you a little bit of... after you shook all that. Yeah, 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 exactly. <laughs> I didn't want to be rude. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so, so nice. So, no, it hurt a little bit playing a few different shots. And I've always said that I want to be 100% fit when I'm playing for Australia. So it, I got myself back here and a bit of rest is doing it some good. Before we get on to international cricket, we saw there some great pictures of you scoring your maiden T20 century for uh, Rising Pune Super Giants, which is one of the great names. <laughs> Not just Giants, but Super Giants. Large capes, obviously. Is that, how is that experience and how was that, the 100? Uh, yeah, it was nice to, to get my first 100, obviously, in, in T20 cricket. Um, and playing for, for the Rising Pune Super Giants was great. Uh, the IPL's a, a great tournament to play in and we obviously didn't, we haven't done as well as we would have liked this year, um, but it's always difficult being the first year for, for that team. Um, but it, it was great fun and uh, I learned a lot again. Tell you what, Steve, I tried to get Rising Pune Super Giants till I die tattooed on my arm and the guy <laughs> ran out of ink. <laughs> uh, it's, just, it's, it's a great name, but uh, the, the promotion for the IPL, because I was YouTubing, you know, some of the stuff you had to do with Facebook chats, and I think we've got some vision of you here with the guys kind of, you know, doing chants and, and going through various things and <laughs> doing the blue steel look down the camera. <laughs> what, what, what's it like when you get into the um, cauldron of, like, IPL and have to go out there and promote it? Yeah, I think that generally the start of the tournament, you do all your, your ads and, um, you know, wear the clothes that they've got, all their sponsors and that kind of thing. And it was nice to, to do something a little bit different uh, with a few of the, the big Indian players. They, they absolutely love them over there. And, um, yeah, it was, it was nice to just do something a little bit different. Mm. Steve, there's an interesting period in your life coming up because with the second pink ball test proposed next summer, the players have said, we don't want it. The board said, we must have it, and you're the man right in the middle, aren't you, really? You're representing the players, but you're the board's captain. How do you find your way through it? What are your thoughts on it? Well, at present, obviously, we've got the, the one against uh, Pakistan in Brisbane. Um, I thought the one last year against New Zealand worked pretty well. Um, I thought the, 
if there was probably two mil less of grass, it probably wouldn't have been a four-day game rather than a three-day game. Um, but, look, I think it's, it's here to stay. It was, a, it was a great spectacle. It was great to be involved in. Um, and I think it's we've still got to try and make sure we're getting it right as much as possible. I think the, the ball's still got a few issues. I think you need to keep grass on the wicket to, to keep the ball together, which I don't particularly like. Um, but, you know, we're, we're trying to work our way through that as much as possible to make sure we keep the, this brand of cricket going. Can you get your head out of the team bubble, which is obviously your priority, and see the bigger picture of cricket? And many are saying that, you know, pink ball test is going to be the saviour of test cricket. Can, can you see that? And do you agree with that? Yeah, I can. I, I thought, as I said, I think last year it was, it was just an amazing spectacle, you know, 50,000 every day. The TV viewing were—it was ridiculous. So um, it was, a, yeah, it was an amazing spectacle, and I'm sure it, it will be here to stay. And Steve, I wanted to ask you about uh, managing your batting with the captaincy. I mean, we've known that's proved difficult for many a captain throughout throughout the world in the past. How's that been? Um, it hasn't been too bad. Um, I think it's it's nice to sort of think about things differently. Um, you obviously got that little bit more responsibility and. You've you got to think your way through situations. So, um, you know, you never want the team to do badly and you've got to, you know, think, what can I do to make sure I'm doing my best mm. I can for the team? And scoring runs is my main objective in the team. So, luckily, well, I guess hope, well, it's been good so far and, and hopefully it can, can keep going well. What about managing the fact that you're now the captain of all three forms of the game? Michael Clark did it for just a really short period and a few months ago, Ricky Ponting publicly said that he was, you know, worried, concerned for you in the workload and use the, the word, you know, burnout. Is that a fair point that he makes? I guess he's entitled to that. Um, you know, he's, he, he captained Australia for a long period of time. Um, obviously, I'm only 26 still at the moment, so hopefully I've got a, a fair way to go left in my career. Um, and I guess you, you won't know until you've experienced it. Uh, I guess everyone's different the way they operate. And at the moment, I'm, I'm going OK. I don't feel burnt out at all. So, um, you know, hopefully I can, I can keep that You're that hitting up. the ball absolutely beautifully. And what I do love is the way you managed to embrace the unorthodoxy while still having that great technique. And you, we saw it and we saw the, the 100 you scored. Just some of those things that you bring to the game, which are both hilarious and brilliant. The tweener. <laughs> I mean, not, Nick Curios has got nothing on you. And you're a nice man. Uh, <laughs> you, just, you love bringing those sorts of things to the table? Yeah, that one wasn't very good. I guess it's something I've worked on a little bit in the nets and, um, you know, when the time's right and the field's right, you don't think about doing it, it just sort of happens and, you know, Yorkers are hard to get away at the best of times, so try and find a place to hit them. But other, other times are you thinking, is it a, a message to the bowler like this one during the, the World 2020 is just brilliant, where you go, did you know he was going to follow you? Well, sometimes bowlers just aren't that smart, really. <laughs> um, you know, I think this one here, you could, you could look at the field and um, he was always going to bowl wide. Um, it probably would have made the shot a little bit easier, actually, if he went at the stumps. So, um, you know, I knew where he was going to bowl it and that was, yeah, that was see, just an easy that, one. That's a very good point, isn't it? Like, you'll see a batsman move a, a metre one way and the bowler just, his eyes is almost glazed over and he just follows him. Like, all he had to do was aim at the stumps. It, well, you were joking then, but is a part of you that thinks, why don't these blokes wise up? No, I genuinely think if he bowled at the stumps, it would have been easier. I could, yeah. I could just tell where it was going to go. You know, you know when you're in the zone sometimes you can sort of get, um, I guess, you can tell where it's going to go occasionally. So um, that was one of those instances and 
luckily I got away for four. Steve, do you hate being, when you do the T20 stuff as captain, being mic'd up and have to talk to the commentators? Because I've seen a couple of times you've actually been talking, you've had to field a ball and we can hear you panting and jumping and running. And a couple, do you, Are you fielding and just go, oh, for God's sake, you know, when, when they start talking? Is it distracting? No, it's not too bad. I think it's, it's great for the game to, to get those kind of insights and, and people talking their way through the game. And, um, no, I've, I've it didn't work really... as well for Warnie, though, did it? <laughs> <laughs> Sledging. You've, uh, you, a test side now that this week your ranking at the top has been increased. South Africa somehow dropped to six or seven, yeah. uh, which is, seems odd to me. Do you believe we're the next uh, little while ahead of you? You can cement that spot? I hope so. That's the, the goal of the team, um, to be number one in all three formats. Obviously, the, the T21s are ludicrous um, a little bit, but we're, we're at the top in one day in Test cricket. And when you're at the top, you're always the hunted. So, um, you know, you've got to try and extend that gap as much as possible. And... Yeah, hopefully keep improving as a team. Steve, I just want to ask you one question back onto the, with, with the test cricket. You know, we're playing with the pink balls at night time. Not your generation. You know, most probably you would have grown up dreaming about play, playing test cricket. The generation below you, are they growing up dreaming about playing test cricket or is it more gone towards the one day and especially the, the T20s in your opinion? Well, I hope that they're still growing up to, to want to play test cricket. Um, you know, as a kid, that was what I always wanted to do. Um, and it's great to have been able to fulfil that goal. But, yeah, I think personally I'd like people to, to strive and, and want to play Test cricket. Well, and hopefully they one day play it as well as you do. Thank you so much for dropping in once more. Good luck for the rest of this season. Thank you. Thanks, Daros. Great, Thanks. Steve Smith, captain, my captain. Stay with us. Our champ of the week is up next. Shake your left hand. <laughs> Welcome back. All right, let's get back to the ballpark. Uh, here's a classic case of multitasking for you. Uh, the ball goes up into the, uh, the bleachers. Of course, you're supposed to catch it. Uh, and there we go, the man with the fairy floss. Oh, Look at oh, well, he's that. not going to drop that, is he, Tone? <laughs> Who's eating fairy floss? At yeah. A... yeah, but it's straight gives, to him. It gives the bloke who is actually only after the fairy floss but <laughs> he gets the ball. Nah, that's easy. Too easy because it's Too bounced? easy, that one. The other one with the, the, the top five was brilliant. That's too easy. <laughs> I'm not having that one. <laughs> Thanks that's so much for easy. your support, no, Mark. Oh, I'm just being honest with you, buddy. Oh, no, that's good, good, good. All right. Now, here's some choreographed carnage from MotoGP. See if this gets passed, Mr. Bosnich. All right, Andrea Zioso and Marc Marquez. Look at that. Oh, it's brilliant. Simultaneous spin out. This is the French Grand Prix. Yeah. Just beautiful. Down they go. Exactly the same. Don't you love that? Yeah, I'm sort of with Bosser on this one, I guess. You don't like that one either? No, no. Oh, okay. You peaked too early with your top five. Yeah, okay, definitely. Okay, if that was good, what about this one? Right, Let's give the points to Mick Doohan. This is over the top. It's too obvious. Why do you think of that bozzer? Well, so are they doing those things on purpose? No. <laughs> <laughs> All right, time now for our champ of the week. It's not you. We've got oh. uh, <laughs> New York Mets, the slightly portly pitcher who's batting Bartolo Colon, who at 42 has become the oldest player in Major League history to hit his first home run. He's Super. an absolute shocker normally. It's his uh, first hit in the season from 10 at bats. Strolled around the bases magnificently. Obviously, everybody had gone out in the dugout, as is the tradition. Uh, they come back in after they disappeared and give him the big raps. Congratulations. The person I feel sorry for is the That's pitcher fantastic. from San Diego. Sadly, that is how that one go, OK? Fantastic. Well, we have to leave you right now. Thanks for your company. We'll see you next week. This has been a production of Fox Sports.